Hello everyone and welcome to Man Up, the men's mental health podcast. My name is Andy Richardson and sitting opposite me is the spentabulous, what, that's not even a word, spent, um, splendid and fabulous, uh, splendid man. I'll take it, I'll okay, take okay. it, splendabulous, I'll take that all day long. Yeah. That's a good word. That's what I am. Tommy Dankwa, how are you? I'm I'm good, thank you. Very good, very good. Glad to be back. Glad to be doing this again. Yes, yes. Um, we're on a roll, aren't we? We are. We've had many developments. So last week we had our first guest, uh, Lifford, which, well, well, it was fabulous, wasn't it? Absolutely unbelievable. And like, I still feel gratitude for him for being so open and honest. And oh, my God. I definitely yeah. got a lot from that. And I really hope that you guys did as well. Really do. Yeah, I, I really do. Um, the other development that we've got is... We've got a sort of, well, it's not sponsorship, so don't worry. We're not earning any money out of this. Um, but we have got a little bit of backing in the sense that we've got a venue. Woohoo! Woo so we are now <laughs> talking to you live and... No, it's not live, it's a podcast, okay? <laughs> We're talking to you from the premises of LCCM London, the London College of Creative Media, um, who have kindly let us use their premises to do these podcasts so we don't have to go down to my house in the middle of nowhere in South East London. So it's, it's rather nice, isn't it? It's beautiful. Like for those of you that don't, well, you can, obviously it's a podcast, there's no visual. We're in a very sterile white room. There's instruments behind us, amplifiers, keyboards. I think we need to bring our instruments in and have a jam next week. I think we'll spare the listeners that. <laughs> um and, uh, and and also, because uh, the, uh, the other thing I was thinking about in, in the week um, was we don't have any sort of, um, you know, we always start it off by saying hello or hello, la ladies and gentlemen. And we sign off by saying goodbye, but we don't have a catchphrase. Uh oh, here it comes. So here I, it comes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking, now, now I'm going to run this by you. This could be, no, this could oh, be bad, goodness. but I was thinking of saying, <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing already. I was thinking of, I was thinking of saying, ladies and mental men. <laughs> mental men? <laughs> How's that? No? That's actually quite funny. I'll give you that. Ladies, ladies and, and mental, mental men. men. <laughs> I like it. Yeah? I, do you know what? I was ready to tear you to pieces then, but that's actually really quite funny. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good work, son. Thank you. Good well, work. well that, that, that might not stick. But yeah, we'll. I think it will. So, um, in time on a tradition, um, we also have a little look at what's been going on in the news. And I had a quick. It's been a very busy week for me. I've been all up and down um, working. Very busy time of the year for that sort of thing. But I saw in the news there was a um, a survey by the HSE, um, who are the. Um, <laughs> I did. I did. Rem I did actually memorise what the HSE were. They're the. Um, Someone give me a phone. Um, <laughs> the anyway, HSE, uh, which is a government body that do um, studies. Not to be confused with the HMRC, who take your oh, who take your money. Oh my god, now that is stress in itself, isn't it? Um, and they said that fifty percent. Check this out. Fifty percent of all uh, time off work illnesses or whatever is down to mental health problems anxiety depression etc etc so i mean the fact mm. that the government isn't plowing billions of pounds into trying to sort out the minds of the nation is yeah. it's it's stupid um how does that st statistic uh, does it surprise you or not not really to be honest with you had you asked me a few years ago i'd have said no but knowing what i know now or what we know now and knowing or being part of that statistic, 
and not actually taking time off, but actually being in a workplace environment that was just totally a totally negative working environment. And the more you gave, the more they took. It was soul destroying, and you know, it doesn't surprise me. You know, given the cost of living, the pressure we put on ourselves to keep up with the Joneses, it's yeah, it's not a surprise to me at all. Not a surprise to me at all. And that doesn't make it any less concerning that, you know, the, I think every time we reel off a figure on this show, it's like, it, it, you know, I think that's, that should be my catchphrase. It makes for scary reading. It really does. That's a good catchphrase. And also, um, what is the other phrase you say a lot? Toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. I dropped it today as well. I was talking to somebody, <laughs> doing a little, you know, like, you know, private client work. No, not really. I was talking to somebody, but yeah, I, I did drop that one. Toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's right. Well, I mean, you know, to be honest, like, people are really surprised how much, how much stress can affect you in like physical ways. Uh, but that's something I've been looking into and I know you have quite a lot. And when someone says they've got extreme sort of migraines or they might have back problems or neck problems and that, but a lot of that can actually originate not from physical things, but actually stress. Like the, the, the link between sort of back aches and neck aches and things like that, often down to stress. So, yeah, no surprise to me whatsoever. Yeah. Well, case in closed, I've been, uh, I've been given an assignment at work and it's way out of my comfort zone, really out of my comfort zone. Go on, tell us, what is it? What have you got to do? I have to uh, re rewrite the training manuals and procedures for the whole of my brand. Now... I'm not the most, uh, how, how do I put it? I'm a little bit thick. So, <laughs> <laughs> so why they've chosen me, I've got no idea. But already, like, you know, waking up, I'm anxious. My, my belly's in knots. I've literally four days this week, I've woken up with pain in my neck. Right. Just like, what the heck is going on? But I can only attribute it to the fact that I'm going outside of my comfort zone, you know, it's pressure, you know, and it really has affected me. I've really had to sort of step up my meditations. I've been waking up early to do the yoga, the meditation, just having a word of myself, really having a word of myself. But yeah, again, I had a meeting with one of the directors, the training directors today. And, you know, just all day I was in bits, you know, and I could really feel it. It's... Yeah, it's a mate. It's insane how how it affects you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On, on on a deep level. I mean, same here. My my anxiety is pretty much under control at the moment. But I've had such a busy week. Like uh, Thursday night, I finished at eleven p.m. Friday night, I finished at quarter past one in the morning doing mm -hmm. a job. Sunday, they got me filming the poppy uh, thing outside the Tower of London. They said it was an hour a job, and then I ended up filming it for four hours freezing my nuts off. Um, I didn't have time to sort of do my normal routine of yeah. like the meditation and, and things like that and exercise. And so beginning of this week, I felt like dog shit, basically. Yeah. yeah. So it catches up with you, doesn't it? It, catches it, up it with does. You. So, so no wonder, um, you know, people that don't have to work much don't get stressed that much. I'm still waiting for that. I'm still, still waiting for that lottery win, mate. Still waiting for the lottery win. Anyway, <laughs> they do say more, mo money, mo problems, don't they? Or who said that? Anyway, it's biggie. Anyway, so that's enough waffling on. We, um, as promised, every week we do get a guest in, and we have uh, an amazing guest in this week with a, an amazing story. Um, his name is Clark Stevens, and he has um, 
set up, well, he is in the process of setting up a brand new festival called the Festival of Awesome. Is it awesome or? Awesomeness, yeah. Oh, awesomeness. You have to say it quick as it sounds like awful. <laughs> you say it slow, you've got to say it with your mouth quite wide open. The Festival of Awesomeness. And you have to say it like that. Come on, everyone. Awesome. Awesomeness. Oh, awesome oh, festival. No. We, we should have rehearsed that, shouldn't we? <laughs> yes, we, should. we should have rehearsed One, two, that. One, three. two, three. Awesomeness. Oh, that actually made yeah. me feel quite good. Um, <laughs> and the 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 reason he set it up, um, he's gonna he's got a quite a long, quite a quite a interesting sort of backstory behind it all, and um, mm. and it's come out of a quite a sort of quite an intense story, which um, he's going to talk to us today about, and hopefully um, it will touch on some of the, the the points that we've been talking about yeah. over the past few weeks, and um, and give us a, a little bit of inspiration, I think. Can I just say, before we pass over to you, Clark, I just want to say, um, Andy and I, we've obviously spoken to you before in the build. I've got to know you a bit. So thank you for coming on. It, we read your story, and obviously you sent us a bit of info saying, I'm going to say, like, for me, I don't know about you, but I read it, and I was actually choked up. I was choked up, and I'm just like, wow. I'm really excited to hear what you say. I think our listeners are going to get a lot from it as well. And uh, I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. Um, Thank you for um, asking me to come on. It's really a privilege to be here as well and talk. And as Tommy said, the room is is quite a white, sterile room, but um, they, we are sitting on massive leather sofas. So yeah. We've given Clark relaxed. the best chair, by the way. <laughs> Clark's got the best chair. He's got you the might recliner. Hear it creak as I lean. That's that's because <laughs> mine's a recliner. Well, the room's sterile, but hopefully the conversation no, won't exactly, be. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. Oh, like seamless mirror, <laughs> mirror opposites. There, we like that. Yeah. Okay, right. Well, so let's begin. So, so Clark, tell us a little bit about your um, your background. Um, just tell us a general sort of background um, and, so, and how you got to this sort of, sort of, sort of point in your life. So, yeah, I, I'm, well, I'm born and raised in Coventry in the Midlands um, and sort of I grew up with mother and father, sister and a brother. Um, went to a, a, a school called Cowden Court uh, in Coventry. Met a lot of friends. It was a really good time. I, was, I really enjoyed school, actually. I was like, very vocal. I played in a lot of sport games. I was very... It was loud. I'd be dancing on the tables when people were playing ping pong. I was always like rushing there to be the first to play each game. So you, you could look at me as I wasn't. I wasn't annoying, but I did get chucked out of class a couple of times. <laughs> Not for being anything like too loud, but just being a bit silly. I'd draw on tables and, and make silly jokes. Boisterous. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd try and make people laugh or be silly. So I wasn't doing anything. Wrong. Um, so I was very, I was in a lot of plays. I, I, I used to, I used to be able to sing. I can't sing now, but I was in a lot of plays at school and um, like lead roles. I was very happy to be doing that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And then um, with some family problems that happened, mother and father split. Um, and obviously not to go too deep into it, but um, I think this is a very uh, poignant point of the story as is um, after my mom and dad split up, my dad uh, got quite angry about the situation. Um, like no one's to blame, it's a split up that's happened. Um, my mother, me and my sister, my brother, we, she, we moved to another place. He's, he's quite angry about the whole situation. Yeah. Um, I guess this thing, he doesn't, he, he, I now realize he doesn't, he didn't know uh, as, well, I'm a Cancerian and he's a Cancerian, and I know we are supposed to like cry and like long showers, but um, that's another story. No, there we are. We're supposed to be quite emotional yeah. people. Okay. Um, which obviously, my dad being a Cancerian, he never really, I don't think he understood how to like release those emotions. So after um, the split, 
he the only thing he had was anger and anger towards whatever but just why why this why that why that and my brother was 17 or so at the time and could drive so he he would go and see my my father um my dad then sort of would say to him things on his head you know about what the situation is and um it kind of got into my brother's head and it, not nice things but then again as i said i know now as i'm older my dad was angry and, and that sort of thing it did affect my brother i, I shared a room um, growing up with my brother my mother my mom sort of treated us i would say like twins it was like just over a year and a half two years between us we were dressed the same we just hang out i wanted to be him he was sort of a, my hero so um yeah it was it we yeah we, sh we shared a room and everything and he he'd see my dad and, and then he'd hear and he'd come back and he'd ask me questions and i, I didn't know what to say because i was quite young at that time so um but yeah so so this sort of went on and on and on and then my dad had um an anger and, and sort of a family feud happened with another family member um of where a court case came around um the the well the lawyer knew that my brother knew evidence that why this had happened and, and asked him to give evidence against his father so which my brother at that age had to go and do um which obviously at that age 17 nearly 18 is a, is a tricky it's a tricky thing to do so my brother went but obviously with um my father being there um dropped the case so to speak um but in that return of that uh, in certain words said that um he was my brother was no longer his son in a sense which again at this time is anger and um it's it's a it's something i think now it's not knowing your emotions and it's building everything up and then and then attacking or releasing yeah. um after this my brother obviously went on a bit of a he didn't know what to do he didn't know what to say and didn't know how to come back to speak to my father so i sat with him in the room and i tried to help him but again as my age i didn't know what to say um and um no one knew what was going on in his head so to speak he had a lot of had paranoia about things um really deep like deep deep things that would last for what, weeks and weeks my mom helped him with we all helped him with but again how we don't know what to to say and the age he was in um where is he going what's he doing next where is he he loved his cars like um one thing i'll come on to in a bit is um he loved he loved his nova he had a red nova with gold alloys and it was uh nova. it was great yeah was it a nova sr it was i think was i can't remember an SR. SR. it probably was <laughs> yes it was, mate. He, uh, he cleaned <laughs> he cleaned that car to like to the nth degree and he spray painted the alloys and it was it was in a beautiful condition yeah. fantastic. so he had pride and he had passion and things and he, he had focus and goals and everything but i think his his brain um as obviously what happened it affected him but also i don't just think it was that there was other things there that he had um um had some paranoia and anxiety and, and depression but but trying to work out life and as again i'm in this room trying to help him in some way but I, I don't know which is something that has affected me i guess it's carrying on and i couldn't say the right things at the right times but um the a few months after this sort of continued on uh until the uh the, the thing that happened was my brother did take his own life in in our own house um when he was 18 i was 16. um so i was at school and i came back and my sister was outside and the police well my sister had found my brother in there and yeah then i found out which has sort of well it has changed me or my life for since that day i'd say yeah, um the shock was and uh, yeah undescribable um and the time i think at the age i was where i was going it's like how do you deal with that or how do you work with that so 
but I had a great family and amazing friends who used to come and take me out, help me do stuff. Um, I did go into a bit of a stage where I wouldn't talk to people and I would just sit and my friends would take me and put me in the corner of the pub <laughs> and I'd just sit there with them and I'd just be like, like a bit of a mute. As I found it really hard to, to express or, or give any emotion, I think is what it was, because of what happened. Um, and yeah, I, I, lost, I lost myself. I, did, I wasn't that guy at school anymore, jumping around. People didn't know how to talk. My mates that were really, really good, they really helped. And I think that's the big thing is friends and family. Is, is don't, you don't need to ask how I was times. Just be there if it's needed, you know, or just, just yeah. sit next to them quiet. There's nothing, it doesn't have to be anything else. Some people just need to be next to somebody and don't need to say anything, so um, pardon me. Okay. And um, and yeah, and then and then I, I did put a lot of um, emotion to different things, and I just didn't know where I was going. And then I will say as well, a teacher, Mr. Worthington, who um, was very very good to help me. He come and got me to come back into school, and and like put me in a room and made sure I was doing my work, and like it was really good. So when we talk about good teachers, that's a that's a really fantastic teacher. It really helped. Um, I started to get a bit better, and um, with the help of my mom and stuff, because I was trying to go to interviews, but I couldn't. I couldn't, I just found it really hard to be like, uh, talk to people. I didn't want to do that. So where would I go? So then I, um, I got into um, Shaolin Kung Fu. I'm not a black belt or anything, but uh, I got to double brown. We've got a ninja in the house. <laughs> anyway, careful what we say here, yeah? Let's not give him too much banter in case he kicks our ass. No, I don't have any, I don't <laughs> have any aggression in, I was taught placidity. Is the, yeah, placidity is, uh, is but what that, what that gave me, it, I think is a really important thing is it, it gave me uh, structure as well and then training. So the training was physical and yeah. which is also, you were talking about meditation earlier and stuff, that is, helps you. It, it gives you an, an essence of stepping away from the moment now and then and, and, and coming back into this world. And then you realize the worries that you had, they disappear, they come back and actually they're not, they're not, not big. It's sort of like you've dealt with them, and it's that moment. And that's that's a med that is a meditation. I think is a great thing to learn, but it is hard. It is hard to do this. Like you're saying with life, it's really busy. You lose track and everything, and it's hard. So doing this martial arts at that age and having such a good seafood, Bob seafood, uh, seafood Bob Jones, um, they they taught me how to control my emotions and also yeah. train, and and it was really really good. But also feeling fit and feeling healthy is a good it's a good thing. Um, this then, I guess, gave me um, a bit more uh, confidence in life. And um, me and my friend Danny from school decided to go around the world traveling for a year, which was, um, which was amazing. So, now, Where did you yeah. go? You went traveling. Did you go, was it around the world around or the world, you ended up in yeah. Norway and Sweden? Well, that was the end, yeah. We went, so we, um, we went to start off with, it was India, Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, and then uh, Vietnam, and then Australia, New Zealand, um, Cook Islands, Tahiti, Fiji. America. So we did the whole shebang. Really lucky, but I think I needed that at that time to go away and you know and, and yeah. do that. And I went with my really good mate Danny, um, who met his wife when we were travelling, which was great. And I was his best man, so I'm really chuffed with that. Um, oh, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we did a year's trip, um, and at the end we ended up in Norway uh, and Sweden first, and then I moved to Norway for five years, I think, um, and I stayed there working as a chef. Um, managed to get working at a grand hotel and really nice. So I, I, did, I was there five years, so I did work quite a lot on the food and it was really cool. Uh, but I think all this time I was just running away from stuff still because I traveled for a bit. I was getting better, I was getting good, I was feeling good, but I was still running away sort of trying to find. And then uh, I'm 37 now and I came back to London when I was 30 and 
Um, as soon as I come back, I got straight into sort of the work I'm doing now, which is events and promotions. And this, this, really, this really helped because it's like going out in the street, meeting people, even if you're a bit down, you know, you've got a smile. So like people who work in a bar or in a supermarket, they've always got a smile at people. Well, some supermarkets. <laughs> not all of so them, mate. Some of the ones that I go to, I'll tell you. Carry on. <laughs> so yeah, so the majority of them, they need, you know, you've got to go out there. You've got to, so this, another thing I was like, if you've got a job which you're not, if you're not happy in, it's going to make you sad. It's going to get you down. If you, if you don't see people, you're not going to get that release of endorphins from people. If you do feel that way, I think a job, a great, is to put yourself in that position because every day you've got a smile. You, and this was a good job um, that I, I, I sort of went to and sort of, we did most of the time. It was really exciting, a different, different brands, different products. It was really good fun, really helped. Um, but then I started to realize at that time, I, haven't, I, need to, I need to hit this head on and find out who I am, what I am and what I need to do. And, right. um, and I needed to bring my brother's name back because I didn't talk about it. I, didn't, I, I don't like going into the graveyard and stuff. It's very, it's, I, I like to keep thinking of him, but I feel like I'd, you know, not forgotten, but I'd not spoken about him enough and the emotions right. and everything that I'd, I'd been through. Um, so I needed to do something and I wanted to do a thing I, I called London Tree, um, which I, uh, well, I ran from London to Coventry in uh, a few days, what, five, five and a half days. That's I think. quite far. It's it insanity, that's what that is. It's not quite far, that's just insanity. Insanity. It was about five <laughs> marathons, I think, or so back to back, which each day. And then the final day, um, we did a run from my house to the cathedral. So it was cool. Um, and yeah, we had, um, I got, it was really, really nice because a lot of my brother's friends came and ran on different legs with me. So we spoke about my brother and spoke about old times. And then my brother's very good friend, Barry, um, drove the support bus with us. And we got like branding and I had a flag and it was really cool. Like we had everybody out. And then when we got back to Cov, um, I got my friend, the Coventry rugby players to come and run with us. Got to the cathedral, we did a little thing there. It was really nice. Um, but what well, the main thing was, is it got every one of my brother's mates talking and me meeting them again. But, but like people, it was from really nice comments and uh, some of the kids of my brother's friends saying, like now they know this charity Papyrus, which we did it for. If they have an issue, they know that they can talk to someone. And that was really nice. Cause I think that was the thing with Lloyd. He spoke to me, but like, where does he, who does he talk to? Like, yeah. You know, where, had, where, does he, where does he go? He speaks to the family. And I think, like, I know about Papyrus now, but if we knew about Papyrus, you know, it's always good sometimes to speak to strangers in a sense, not just, well, even on the road, you can speak to them. If someone speaks to you, speak to them. Yeah. But I think these helplines, these hotlines, these people that are working, you don't know them. You can tell them whatever you need to. Whereas a family member, you don't, I don't think you always want to say the same enough to you. You don't, want to, you don't know how to open up those feelings. Do you think, speaking to a stranger, there's a certain element of not being judged as much? Yes, you know, when yeah. you go to somebody you know personally, it, it does feel like, right, you are bearing your soul and yeah. stuff like that. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. So I think, I think these, these chat lines, they, anonymity, yeah, they give like an, a chance for you to express and load and so to speak, and, and someone can give you a, an angle of something that you, you, someone who's close to you might not be able to give you because it's just a separate output. <laughs> So, yeah, I feel like if there was this sort of chat line or something my brother didn't know about, then could you speak to? But, like, I, I've obviously thought about this a lot, and I think my brother had a, a way. If it wasn't then, it may have been some other time in life. You know, it's a catalyst for what happened. This is why, obviously, the thing with my father, it happened then, but I, it, it could have happened after or before. It, it's some, I think some people are wired in that sense that something happens, um, it snowballs out of control and, and and I and I know this from dealing with things myself, obviously being my brother's brother, 
it's anxiety and, and depression and things. And if things, you know, if, if you don't catch things quickly, they can easily snowball. Or feelings can, too many thoughts and too many emotions coming in, it can like, like a smarty tube can just shake out and then it all, it, yeah. And we need to have these releases, as you said, meditation, um, because we all do live crazy, busy lives and mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to do that. Uh, do you, because um, listening to your story, it sounds like you filled up your life with a lot of things yes <laughs> and, and 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 um and you sort of touched upon it when you when you were talking about it that, that, that you it was almost like a distraction for you and at some yeah. point in your life you thought right I've got to tackle this head on um and so how have you because it's because I know you're doing the festival you did you did the run um but how have you how do you think you've sort of tackled it on a personal level head on how is that what what things have helped for you so i going back to the the, the martial arts at a very early age that was that was a very good thing is it's it's a group it's um it's like following something that other people follow that you can be a part of and feel that you are important or then you've got something to share with so so i think like martial arts or a tennis club or going to the church or any you know you're part of a group it's something that you believe in it's something that you you know gives you something to wake up and go and do so i think first of all it's finding something you know that um again not finding something you like because some people say at school to me go and find your life but what do i like what do i want to do just go and do anything like go and meet people or do something that gets you in a group situation um that's the first sort of thing i do and then um i i did i don't want to promote anyone's books on here but i did i did read a book um anthony robbins um when i was in norway a friend of mine gave me a book and it was self-help book but it was it was uh, the power within i think it is it's a green book we're always talking about books here aren't yes. we yeah. well, so well, no, promote away is yeah. anthony tony robbins tony robbins yeah so you know him better than me all right posh boy <laughs> all right anthony, <laughs> anthony yeah you know, you know yeah. we like him we yeah, like him a lot and he's, yeah, yeah um, a lot of stuff and his book the way it is written uh, for you to the, so you can pick it up at any position and read and it gives you some it gives you tools to to look at life in in certain ways simple things like um people who get stressed going to work at a red light oh, i want a red light again or you can think oh but i didn't see that church yesterday you know or i didn't see that beautiful building there's two different ways and and our brain is a chemical uh is practice chemicals and once for me once i had put into this snap at 16 everything's bad everything's bad everything's bad everything's bad i had to reverse that and it can happen to anybody anytime, I think. Like they can get down in one job or family areas, but then they suddenly their brain believes that. But then they need a they need they need to be everyone needs to train their brain all the time. Nobody's different to anybody. And like people can go, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, but they're the people that aren't fine. They're the ones that aren't talking about it. And and I do think now for men, like in the society we live in, there's a lot of pressures on us to to deliver and to and if people are hiding their like they're hiding inside that they think they're delivering it but they're hiding it's gonna it's gonna bear down and one day it's gonna snap and, and then that's that's the danger people you know people need to talk so that's the other thing is um is talking i think to people mm. like, i speak a lot being in a group of going out doing things but having a good friend base but then also talking about the issue um is is two is two major things that i think i've done uh, to help basically that's, yeah do you think do you think when um after the, um, the the tragic thing thing with Lloyd with, with your brother, do you, do you think uh, things have changed for the better? I mean, you, as you mentioned, there's more outlets like helplines and things like that. Do you think we've sort of progressed a little bit? Yes, yeah, I think um, 
I go back and going back to when it happened, it, well, obviously to me it was a great type shock and everything, but I realized at that time then people at school didn't know what to do. Like it was not spoken about people committing suicide. Well, obviously people had, but it wasn't on such a big scale. So for uh, an 18 year old uh, boy who was like, who was popular and, and liked, no one knew what was going on with behind the scenes and in his head. He was a really like strong, good looking, confident lad. And he, he yeah, he, he didn't, um, he didn't, I, de I don't think he put out across that he had these things going on. So um, at that time it was like not known so much, I think from the friendships, like what do we do? And what do we do with Clark now and Candice, that's my sister. Like, what do we do? How is his mom? Like, how do, how do we react to this? But I think now, like, and it's obviously a bad thing that there's more, there's more is happening, but within that, that is opening up the areas for people to understand it more. And the awareness. And was yeah. Awareness, yeah. And, and, and the charities, especially CALMS started not too long ago in London. Um, I'm not too sure when they started, but when I did it, it was for Papyrus. But they, they're growing here and, and doing a lot of great work as well. So, so say that again, who uh, are they? CALMS, CALMS charity. Yeah. And they're based in? In London, yeah. Okay. In London. So Papyrus is a um, Coventry-based Midlands charity. And they're hoping to come to London with funding in the future. And then CALMS is a charity uh, for, for mental health here in, here in London. Um, but yeah, so I feel that there's more windows being open for people to talk. It's being more spoken about, especially like, you two guys are in this fantastic podcast, so well done for this, guys. Thank you very I mean, much. It, it is, it is, um, I know when I was younger growing up, I spoke a lot, I talked a lot, but men, you know, don't talk a lot. But um, even like going back to my father, I think he he didn't speak, he didn't talk, and maybe that anger got in front of him. And it's, I, be, I believe, yeah, now there's definitely, definitely a lot more awareness of this and, and more people doing good things to help this and find and stop this, I guess, at an earlier, earlier, earlier yeah. part. So um, off off mic, you know, in between us, we, you said that obviously after your brother passing, you sort of spiralled into anxiety, depression. You said it still affects you yes, today. Yeah. yeah. So um, how do you? Because like what what we've heard from you today, like it's all really positive stuff. Like yeah. you've de this is definitely what we want to sort of like know about and like learn about how something so tragic or so what can be so negative you've turned into such yeah. a positive and it really is a positive yeah but obviously you've spoken about the um the exercise and stuff like that but how on a day-to-day -day basis like are you still sort of focusing and maintaining um i do i do do meditation as well um i find like you said keeping my life busy with a lot of things is is good it's always that good to something to focus on or for, for, for me, it was ideas. Like, um, mm. I started a thing, it's not going to start carrying on now, but it's called deboom.co.uk. It's supposed to be an explosion of ideas, and people would come up with ideas, and I'd help them with ideas. Because I used to, I, if I was sitting down silent, things were going on in my head, and I didn't like it. So I was like, how can I stop this? I need to fill my head with other things. And, and, and like, some people sing and stuff, but I was like, I'm going to think of ideas. So I'd look at things. How can I make that better? And I, I just think about that. And that was something that helped. So I think um, what I do now without thinking about it is I constantly think. But then 
there's a negative to that if you go too far, as I do sometimes. Yes. I overthink things. <laughs> And we're all guilty. Yes. Yeah, I'm a Cancerian as well, yeah, okay, so, yeah, so I yeah, overthink yeah, everything. Yeah, Are you yeah, going to yeah. go cry in a corner? Is yeah. that what this is about? Well, what, what, <laughs> what, what, what do you want to shower around? There's a shower just around. The, there's a shower around the corner over there. But doom doom, and is and is there again? <laughs> you bring the soap. We're being we're a bit of toxic masculinity going <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that was now, <laughs> isn't it? Pure <laughs> toxic masculinity. <laughs> I apologise. I apologise. Anyway, sorry. Um, so yeah, you said you're a Cancerian as well. Um, I forgot what point we we're on then. Just sorry. No, you, it, uh, Tommy was asking yes. about how you how you deal with the anxiety and on a yes, yeah. So with, with that, the the the, the having the, the thoughts of these ideas and stuff to help me uh, through the day, it, it's filling my brain up with other things instead of these thoughts coming in. Because uh, um, depression is something that um, you can't really explain, and if someone tries to help you, it just makes you more depressed. And that's what people don't understand, because you can be depressed, and someone, oh, come on, come outside. And you're like, no, you're being, I'm being a burden, leave me alone. And then you become more depressed, but then they get, why when you do, why well, I'm trying to help people, like, but I don't want to be helped. Mm. And then there isn't anything you can, well, you can, you can help, but if you push it, people will, um, people will get more depressed. So you've, they've got to somehow turn the link themselves in their brain, and that's just giving them support all the time. And, and waiting for them to find that because it has to be them. I think it has to be them that decides that their brain is going to change. You can help them in every way, but they have to be the one that says, um, right, I'm going to try this. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's, um, that's basically, yeah. yeah. One when, yeah. So when, so when you were, you were noticing signs with your, your, your brother, when, when you were younger, you said you sort of noticed a few things, but you had no idea he was so bad. Mm. And um, you know, you, with, with your with with your dad as well, the, the dynamic with it, with him wasn't helping very much. If if um, anyone, people listening to this might recognise the same sort of scenarios. What what I mean, I know obviously there was nothing you could have could have done to to stop that incident. And but if they were say had they recognised some of that scenario, what would you what advice would you give? Like now, I mean, you've obviously had a long time to think about, you know. Well, I think since then I overanalyze situations as you spoke, and I have seen situations. Well, maybe in my head, I think the further the longer they are, I think small gestures and small things for people are really good, and it's kindness and and just like um, in in Norway, as a as a girl, a friend of ours, she was down, she was depressed, so um, we all bought her flowers and put them on the bar, but didn't say who they were from. Who said I come in here every day? Left it at that, which she then didn't get. You're being a burden. She then didn't know who it was, and every day she put on makeup and came in, and it made her really happy. So, and that really was a, a really nice thing, and that really still gets me now because she doesn't know who it was. And it's great. So, um, but things like that, it's like it's like doing things that people don't know, but you know, helping them, and it's it's a it's a simple thing. You don't need to push. And and it, like, and I feel just sorry jumping ahead onto the fest. What I'd like to do with the festival is giving somebody a position to. They might be great at something like flipping a bottle or I don't know, um, um, throwing chairs in the air, but they don't know how to do it. They don't know what don't know what to do with it. But if I just give them an area to do it, I don't have to push them to do it. I can just say here it is. You know, if you want to do it, and if other people are doing it, and I go and do something bigger, and then you go, well, he's doing that. Maybe I'll do that type of thing. So it's. I think it's. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to find something where you're not pushing people into to doing something because people have things we don't talk about. But if you yeah. give them a platform that they could maybe jump on, yeah. people will will do it. 
Do you know what? We definitely need to get onto the Festival of Awesomeness, and we will. Yes. Sorry, the Festival yes. of Awesomeness. Awesomeness. Um, awesome. It is actually funny with the title. I do like it that it's such a long one because you have to say, as I said, awesome, because it could sound like awfulness, which is actually the thing we were saying earlier. <laughs> if you're a bit down about it, it's not going to sound good. So you've got to be... Got to be upbeat. You've got to yeah, yeah. sell it, mate. You've got to sell it. You've got to sell it. Awesome. It's the Festival of Awesomeness. Yes, exactly. All right, I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> Um, is that now then? Is it, we are, should we talk about the the so, so so should we bring us right right up to date then? Yeah. Okay. So so tell us about the festival of awesomeness <laughs> and the concept behind it and how you think that's going to help people. Yeah. So so I did the Lindenchy thing a, f- a few years ago and I, and I realized we got a good response, but something's got to be a bit bigger and and do something that would um, continue. Um, like for a while as well and each year can to generate money and, and awareness um and as i said one of the things we spoke about with my brother's uh, thing was cars which was a nova red nova with gold alloys um so i had a first thought that i was gonna i wanted to break a guinness world record but make it a massive guinness world record um and then from that the festival sort of spawned from that um my guinness world record is going to be pushing a car for 24 hours uh, to try and push it 52 miles um, I know it's a bit far. <laughs> um, what the? I'm going to go back to your original thing of saying mental man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I, 24 true, I don't know hours. what I'm doing. I bought the car. It's a smart car. Uh, I've actually got the car because it's got to be cheating. a certain way. A smart car? That's not a car, mate. It's That's a go car. <laughs> I cry, I cry foul. <laughs> Surely there are other records that, that, that are easier to be broken, like, you know, the amount of sort of, you know, bogeys flicked in a day or so. I, mean, I don't know where that came from. But pushing a car. True, yeah, but exactly. This is the reaction I wanted because then this is something I'm doing, which I feel is going to be a challenge. But that is huge. It's huge, that is yeah. huge. It's going to be a challenge. But smart then cars or not, it but that's a... huge. <laughs> but it's got to be a smart car because it's got to be, it's got to weigh 760 kilograms with a driver or not below. So um, you could take a chair out, but someone's got to drive it and it's got to be a certain way. But I wanted the, the challenge to be huge because then people will go, that's huge. Yeah. Like, well, I can easily throw cards on the table or give it a go or, you know, so, so I want, if I'm going to do it, I want to lead from the front and I want to do yeah, something absolutely. huge. But also a little bit selfish is I want to challenge myself as well. Like, and I want to see what I can do because I need to have something to focus on as well. And that's, I, I want, I need now, I've got a two year focus on training and every day I'm waking up thinking about pushing a car or doing this Amazing. festival and mm. I feel great. Amazing. And it's something, if I didn't have this, so probably going back to things you said about um, how do you do things and how do you go? I have made myself a goal or a focus, which yeah. is, it's, it's pretty impossible. I don't know if I'm going to push it, but will I bring the different record? I don't know. It's like, but I'm going to give it everything Aim, aim for the was it aim for the stars, stars? the very least you'll no aim for the moon and the very least you'll catch a star. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah. yeah. Nice one. But, but how do other people get it's involved? Kind of soft and subtle. Yeah. yeah. What makes it a festival apart from you pushing so, your yeah, car? Yeah. yeah. So does, so so then the idea came from that car. Basically, we'd we'd um, we turn it into a festival and give everybody else a, a location or position to break a record uh, of their own. So, um, for instance, not like, it depends what charity you want to have or, or what you want to donate money for, but we can give you a, a, t- a tent or an area and they, people can donate money to the charity and you can try and break a record. Like I said most bottles flicked. So if from then there's time from whenever you sign up to then you get this space at the festival. People will come to the festival. They'll watch you break your record. We'll cheers oh. you. Yeah, you can donate on the day. So because festivals, like I love festivals. I go to festivals all the time, and it's all about the bands mm. and the musicians and everything. Yeah. But this festival will be about you, and it'll be about an individual. Um, but again, it won't be too 
you're going to be on the stage. It's going to be an area there and people will come. So people don't have to be scared about that. We'll, we'll give everyone a little area. And then what we'll do when you complete the record is we'll then, if you're okay, bring you on stage, celebrate you, talk about you, round of applause. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, so the Festival of Awesomeness is giving people a giving people a focus or a goal to train towards. It doesn't have to be pushing a car or anything physical. Mm. Uh, there is a girl that's going to help us. She's going to move, uh, I think it's peas from one bowl to the next bowl with chopsticks. And a sneaky peaky. She's actually broke the Guinness World Record already, but we won't tell anyone. Oh so. my God. She's training towards <laughs> that. Uh, wow. A friend of ours in Coventry is, uh, they're going to do a 24-hour game of rugby, the girls' rugby. 80-odd girls are going to play rugby oh for 24 God. hours. Sweaty, sweaty, um, sweaty so, women. Wait. 80-year-old... Oh, no, 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 80 girls, 80 oh. girls. <laughs> 80. Is that 80-year-old girls going to play yeah, rugby? Yeah. That's your fantasies coming out they again, isn't it? You love, the, you love the older women. Yeah. <laughs> they could be an 80-year-old lady playing, we never know. So. Oh, That'd be a 24-hour game of rugby rolling on and off. Yeah. Um, so what I'm doing now is looking for people to, to, to come and break... Uh, records. So can I just interject there yes. and is this a good time to say that I've signed Andy and myself yes, up. Yes, that is good. The Man Up crew. I don't think Andy wasn't aware of it but we signed you up to this. We'll be uh, signed up and we will be attempting to break our own record at this festival. Uh, and what and what is, what's, our own, what's our own record of what? You'll be sitting in the car. I was like, no, joking. I have no idea what it is yet, but just needless <laughs> oh. to say. Well, yeah, I, I would love in. it if you guys, I'd love it. It's going to be in 2020 if hashtag man up, you two could come. Maybe do we could do like a, a podcast with, with the winners uh, yep. afterwards. Yep. Um, you could be there. We can bring it in, link it into somehow, and, and that'd be fantastic. Are you up for it? Oh, of course. Yeah, Mate, definitely. I think it would be an absolute pleasure. Awesome. We'd definitely be there, whether or not we'll break any records. <laughs> Maybe maybe the most annoying pair there. Yeah, that will do. But we're yeah no, we're definitely up there. And maybe maybe we will throw ourselves into the hat, you know. And, we'll, uh, we'll have a think. Yes. Let's have a little. Let's yeah, have, have a little thing. We'll have a think, we'll have a, we'll have a think about it. Challenge sort of accepted. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, not pushing cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what? Um, what um, is there going to be a bit of music there as well? And that yeah, sort so of thing? so the festival I aiming to make it. Like a normal festival, there will be a stage, there'll be some music, there'll be food vendors, but it will be the fo main focus will be uh, a schedule we're going to put together of uh, record breakers throughout the day. So you'll come in, you'll get a schedule. Uh, John, um, 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 think of a record, I don't know, um, throwing, throwing, throwing bean bags on the floor, 10 yeah. meters. He'll be on at like quarter, a bit more exciting than I think, at quarter past two and ah, at 3.15. Yes. We'll yeah. do that. And then you walk around, me mates drink beers, but then you'll get to, you'll get to, to get to watch people breaking records. Excellent. We all loved record breakers oh, on TV. Do you remember oh. record breakers? Yeah. to be a record breaker. Oh. Awooga. Is the yes, yes. <laughs> and he, yes. Oh, he was so yeah. sad, White yes. Castle, because he died yes, of lung did, cancer yeah. because he was yeah. down his trumpet because he wasn't a smoker. Yeah, he didn't smoke at all. All, all the smoke, smoke went no, down his no. trumpet. Yeah, all the big anyway. Really? Yeah. yeah. Did he did yeah. he create it or start it? I don't know if he started the TV. Well, show. him as Norris McGuerter wasn't there. That other bloke who actually yeah. turned out to be a fascist. But then, but I don't want to say that um, on a podcast and get done by his We might cut that out. He wasn't a fascist at all. That was always lies. He's a very lovely man. <laughs> anyway, oh, um, okay. So, 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 and and so, in doing this festival, mm. you hope to raise money for charities, not just yes. mental health. Yes. Is it mental health yeah. charities? It is. Or? So, so my charity is Papyrus of uh, Prevention of Suicides, um, and I wanted it to predominantly, uh, predominantly just be that. But then I realised there's lots of other yeah. things which people would like to raise money for. So um, my my charity will be will be Papyrus of Prevention of Suicides, and that will be the charity. That will be the festival's charity. Um, 
Um, because if people don't have a charity they want to then come and do it for Papyrus, they can donate to that one. But what I'd like to give is areas for every charity to come and, and, and try and um, and try and raise money. But also just an area for people to to come and give a go, yeah, attempt it, you know, have some fun as well. And yeah, and, and hoping, I'm hoping that uh, we're going to see, it's, well, it's a Coventry city of culture in a couple of years mm -hmm. and um, I'm going to see them to pitch this. So hopefully in a couple of weeks, with a couple of friends of mine, we're gonna, gonna go down and pitch it to them and um, hopefully we get the funding completely for this. Um, mm -hmm. If not, as I said, we've done a really nice sponsorship deck. A really good friend of mine, Steph, has helped me um, create this beautiful deck. We're gonna send that off to different sponsors to try and get sponsorship. Because obviously things cost money and we need that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, the, 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 the festival will be all, there'll be a free festival and all money will go to charity, but we will need help to, to make this happen. Yeah, of course. Um, the City of Culture, they've, Coventry in a couple of years is gonna be regenerated and changed. So it'd be my dream if Coventry could allow us to put that there. So if, sorry, if people did want to donate or help yes. you out, how do they do that? Sorry, say again. So if you go to the website, www.thefestivalofawesomeness.co.uk. Say um, again, the festival, the of festival awesomeness. Thank you. .co.uk. Um, you'll see there's two, there's two um, date, the spreadsheets on there. One is uh, if you want to become a record breaker and one if you want to help a, a sponsor um, the, the, the festival. And, and again, another thing I'm going to do is with a car, when I start pushing it, I can donate some space on the car with vinyls to put some brands on there and things when I push it. Yep. Um, I won't be pushing the car at the festival. I realized what am I going to be doing if I'm pushing a car for 24 hours, who's going to run the festival? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I've decided to push it slightly back to uh, mental health day Octo in October. So it'll, we'll do the festival in May, um, of 2020, and then I will continue training and push the car at a later date. Uh, I'd hope then to use the festival maybe to get more donations for me pushing the car yeah, and smart. give me another six months to actually do this. <laughs> oh, you need all the help, all yes. the time you can get me. That's a, that's a big task. It is, it is. Well, anyway, uh, it is. so we, well, I think we're now, oh, how far are we in? Oh, so we're about 46 minutes in, so ne nearly 50 minutes. So I think that's the there's, there's sort of natural conclusion there. Um, any advice as a, as a sort of parting thing, any any advice you, you would give to our listeners um, who, are, who are going through various things that you've been through and we've been through, um, what would you say? I'd say? I'd say just keep talking to people and don't think whatever you think in your head no one's ever not thought it because i probably thought way worse things than ever and you just gotta let it out you've got when you let it out write it down it's another good thing write it down let it out don't be afraid to go and see professionals i've um seen a few people hypnotherapists and also lately i've been seeing a kind of spiritual guidance lady yeah. uh who's really helped me really helped i mean it I, i'd even go as far as en life is energy we're all about energy um look into energy movement crystals things like this it can help you it might just be that your energy is slightly off and you move it to one side it can really resonate with you spiritual um, not as in religion no no, no just no. it's a spiritual guide sort of um energy uh, energy so if you sit there with um sort of a crystal or a rock um the energy can sort of change in your body i mean this is something i do it might not be for everybody but it, it really helps um like sound healing and things we're all we're all sound we're all you know if you're slightly off sound healing can really resonate so don't be afraid i think to go and try things out to see um what can help you um but also be positive always be positive and if you have a negative look at the flip side and if you wake up not feeling awesome remember you are awesome Love it. And Love if you it. want to go to the fest festival of awfulness, then <laughs> we Westminster's just yeah. down the road That's and they're doing the Brexit yeah, yeah. negotiations yes. there. <laughs> oh <my laughs> 
<laughs> do you know what? It's um oh, it's been so nice to talk to you. Thank you for coming in and being so honest and open again. I feel I'm gonna say this to everybody because you know, part and parcel of the whole thing and reason why we set this podcast up is because as men we don't talk about it. Like we do feel like we need to man up, you know, and and just you know, this space. You know, all all our future guests know this is a safe space. It's a really healthy, safe space. And sterile. <laughs> sterile, but safe. Yeah, opposite. Yeah. But, you know, and um, you touched on, just quickly before we close off, you touched on a few things. I think this is a recurring theme because Andy and I have both spoken about this. Mind management. You put it in another way. I forgot how you say it, but we talk about mind management. You said it on number two, I believe. And it's just, you know, just slightly changing the way you think about things. It's massive. And also, and this is such a key thing, having something to look forward to. When I know that we're doing a podcast, when I know that we're going to come in and do this or we've got a guest, it fires me up. And no matter what's going on, they're like, trust me, I've had a tough week this week, but it's really knowing that we're going to meet you, we're going to talk and we're going to do this. It, it really does give me something to look forward to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I totally agree with you there. Have something to look forward to. Check your mind, you know. It's good. It's out there, but you've got to look for it. It's not always easy, but, you know, please try because it is out there. It really is out there. Well, that what a great thing to end on. This has been Man Up number four. We'll check you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thank you, Clark, for coming. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye.